This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 17th of February. In your Squiz today, the Com Games are on for regional Victoria, a landmark liability settlement for the families of Sandy Hook, your shortcut to the religious discrimination bill, and pampering your pooches. This is your Squiz today. It looks very likely that Australia will be hosting its sixth Commonwealth Games in 2026, with Victoria in exclusive talks with the organising body. It's not a done deal just yet, two months of planning and talks to sort out the feasibility, but interesting to note here, Eliza, events will be held mostly in regional centres. Yeah, so 11 cities in regional Victoria have been earmarked to host events. Some of the bigger cities are Geelong, Ballarat, which already hosts an elite cycling event, and Bendigo. Now, Premier Dan Andrews said they're self-starters because they already have facilities to host events. The other possible towns are Shepparton, Wangaratta and Warrnambool, with the key aim of bringing people out of the cities to see sport and bringing some much-needed tourism dollars too. Yeah, it's great to think of athletes from all over the world scattering across regional Victoria. It's no small undertaking, though. Hosting the Games are expensive. There's a lot of infrastructure to build. That's right. So as a benchmark, we can look to what was spent on the Gold Coast Com Games in 2018. That was $1.5 billion from state and local governments to build and run facilities for the about 4,500 athletes who are going to compete. At least that's the number of people going to Birmingham this year for the Com Games. The Queensland government says that investment paid off, the venues that were built or upgraded have had a lot of use since, and a report following the Games said that participation in sport has also increased. So Dan Andrews is confident that sort of return can happen in Victoria too. Having regional Victoria host the Games gets bipartisan support in Victoria. State Coalition leader Matthew Guy yesterday tweeted that he was offering 100% support for the Com Games bid. Australia has won more gold medals at the Commonwealth Games than any other nation, and it's always good to do that in front of a home crowd. A quick update on Ukraine now. NATO says that it continues to see Russian troops massing on the Ukraine border rather than pulling back, as President Vladimir Putin claimed they were doing. So despite all the talks, de-escalation isn't really happening, Eliza. No, well, not according to NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg. He held a media conference overnight and said that this situation we have now of Russia, quotes, testing the principles of Europe's security is the new normal. And as a result, NATO commanders are being told to figure out how to deploy troops to new locations in the southeast. Now, that's getting closer to the Russian border, which is one of President Putin's ongoing gripes. Yesterday, US President Joe Biden said that that an invasion is still very much a possibility, while also welcoming Putin's statements yesterday that he didn't want war. But Biden said that sanctions are still on the table should Russia actually invade. So plenty still going on, lots of movement happening. Meanwhile, Ukraine's two largest banks and its defence ministry have been hacked along with a bunch of other key websites in the country's biggest ever cyber attack. Russia is denying any involvement. Over to the US and it's been 10 years since the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Connecticut. The tragedy saw 20 students and six adults killed by a gunman. In a landmark decision, a gun manufacturer will be held liable for the mass shooting. 
So this is the gunmaker Remington and its insurers. They've agreed to pay $73 million US, so that's about Australian $102 million, and that's in compensation to the families of the victims of that school shooting. Now, victims' families launched the legal action in 2014 despite laws protecting gun manufacturers and dealers from most civil lawsuits in the United States. But prosecutors successfully argued that Remington's marketing to young men contributed to that awful massacre. The attorney for the family said the settlement should be a wake-up call for gun manufacturers and insurance companies. Before we get into some of the lighter stories in today's news, let's just cover off this week's shortcut, Eliza. Last week in Canberra, the passage of the Religious Discrimination Bill dominated the news and ended in a pretty big mess of a week for the government. We had a few requests to do a shortcut on it because it's a complicated issue with a fair bit of baggage. So in a classic shortcut, you and Claire give us the background and the context. Yeah, so we had a look at Australia's existing anti-discrimination laws. The first was the Racial Discrimination Act back in 1975. Then we got more to cover sexual, disability and age discrimination. But our federal laws hadn't specifically covered religious discrimination. But a debate about whether we needed a new federal law started around the time we were looking at introducing same-sex marriage. So that was back in 2017. So Claire and I look at what the coalition had hoped to achieve and where we're at now with the future of this really contentious legislation. You can search for Squeeze Shortcuts in your podcasting app. I'll put a link to it in your episode notes as well. Now, if you're partial to a glass or two of vino in the evening, then this story might have some info for you. A new study from the UK has revealed that two glasses of wine a day is enough to reach your daily recommended sugar limit. Some people might want to skip past this story if they... Yeah, true, very true. If they popped a a bottle of vino last night. But look, we know that wine has a lot of sugar because it's part of the fermentation process, right? But a group in the UK called the Alcohol Health Alliance commissioned an independent lab to look at popular brands over there. And they found that some bottles had up to 59 grams of sugar. The UK's National Health Service recommends a maximum of 30 grams of, quotes, free sugars a day. So if you're at two glasses, you're probably nudging that already. And this health body wants more information on the bottle, given that wine fuels obesity and cancer. Apparently, sugar-free wine is a thing. Not sure how well it goes. As you say, sugar is pretty important in the whole fermenting thing in making (laughs) wine. Very technical terms, fermenting thing. They also make alcohol-free wine. So, you know, I guess anything is possible if your taste buds can handle it. (laughs) Now, the good people at Pinterest say that the new trend to watch out for in 2022 is barkitecture. That's people designing their homes animal first, so with their pets in mind before people. Apparently, it's all about the designer dog beds, Eliza. So look, yes, this is a new trend, I think perhaps also sparked by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But Pinterest releases its predicts report and it looks at the new trends that people are posting on the social media site. And if you don't know what Pinterest is, it's like a digital pin board where you can keep photos of things that you like and that inspire you. And architecture, or as you mentioned, this animal first architecture is the growing trend. So it's dog showers, cat climbing walls, um, 
Uh, and my particular favourite, the rabbit runs, <laughs> because I am now the proud owner of two little rabbits. So oh. I'm going to log on and have a look. You've got to get yourself a bit of architecture for your backyard. <laughs> I think I do. It shows that things like luxury dog bed searches are up 115%. So yes, maybe a bit of pandemic related time on people's hands to uh, style up stuff for their pooches. I'll pop a link to that Pinterest predicts report in your episode notes. Squeeze the day, Eliza, what are you keeping an eye on? So today is the last day of Parliament before MPs go off for a break and then when they return, it's Budget Day. That's March the 29th. And then I reckon we'll be off to an election. So I'll be looking at to see how everything goes in Canberra today. Yeah, a bit of a last day of school feeling there perhaps. Before we go, I just want to say a quick reminder that if you've got kids, our Squiz Kids podcast is just the thing for 8 to 12-year-olds who are curious about the world around them. It's News Without the Nasties, a 10-minute podcast you can listen to in the car or over breakfast. Search for Squiz Kids in your podcasting app or head to the website squizkids.com.au to check that out. That's all from us today. Claire and Eliza will be with you tomorrow. Have a good one. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.